0: Go to the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 21. Usually I have like 30 scriptures or something. Today I was like, I'm not doing that, I won't be good. <laughs> None of you heard that, or at least most of you didn't. But I, I know I, I always send them my list and I'm like, my little emojis down there because it's like a list of verses like that long. Amen. 2 Samuel chapter 21, starting in verse 12. And it says, and, when, and David went and he took the bones of Saul and the bones of Jonas, Jonathan his son from the men of Jabesh Gilead, which had stolen them from the street of Bashan where the Philistines had hanged them when the Philistines had slain Saul and Gilboa. And he brought up from thence the bones of Saul and the bones of Jonathan, his son. And they gathered the bones of them that were hanged. And the bones of Saul and Jonathan, his son, buried they in the country of Benjamin and Zila in the sepulcher of Kish, his father. And they performed all that the king commanded. And after that, God was entreated for the land. After that, God was entreated for the land. If you weren't here Wednesday, you should have been. But if you weren't, I talked about this past Monday, I had a phone call that I got on with a gentleman, a pastor. I don't even know this guy. never even met him before. And um, we were talking, just kind of doing little pleasantries and stuff, kind of getting to know each other a little bit. And next thing he knows, he said, I feel like God just gave me a word for you. Is it all right if I share it? I said, well, Sure. Share that word with me. And he went on to tell me that all the prophecies and all the promises that God has given for this church, what he wants to do through this people, they're all going to come to pass. God is going to fulfill those promises. Every one of them, amen. He said, but first, you've got to bury the past. That's what he told me. He said, you've got to bury the past. And so Wednesday, I talked about burying the past, and mostly I focused on, maybe not so much yourself, but on issues you might have had with some different people, and that you need to bury those things and get them out of your life and leave them behind, because we're going forward, and the only question is if you're joining with us, amen, and for you to do that, you're going to have to bury some things in your life. Today, I'm going to get a little more personal with you. And uh, talk to about some things that you might have going on in your own lives, because a lot of us probably got something inside our spirit, maybe, that you're dealing with. Well, I know there's people in here that are, because God's got a word for you today, and God's going to set you free. So I want to talk to you today about bury the bones. You got to bury the bones. Put your Bibles down. Lift your hands one more time. Close your eyes. And I just want you to tell the Lord, here I am. God, you speak clearly to me. I'm open. God, I'm going to hear you. I'm not going to reject your voice. Whatever you say to me, God, you reveal it to me. You show it to me clearly. If there's anything in my spirit that's putting a ceiling on my walk with you, my potential in the kingdom with you, I pray, God, that you show it to me so I can break that thing off of my life today through the power of the Holy Ghost and walk into the potential and the divine order that you have for my life, God, to fulfill in this kingdom of yours. God, everything that you've designed me for, that you created me for, that you've purposed for my life. Have your way. If you're going to do that, clap your hands to the Lord. Thank Him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Ben. You can be seated. I wonder how many in here today have some bones in their life that need to be buried. How many have remnants of their past, promises made to God that weren't kept, decisions made that have stained you spiritually, maybe it was something, some form of abuse that you endured that keeps rising up in you to hold you spiritually captive, that sin in your life that you can't seem to rise above, what is that thing in you that causes you to feel bound? And hopeless, that thing that you know is keeping you from going into and being everything that God has ordained for your life to be. And you feel like you can't do anything about it now. And you feel like you're committed to a place you don't want to be in. The reason I bring this up to you today is because I know God wants to open each of our capacities as individuals and collectively into a greater spiritual anointings and greater spiritual demonstration and the revival and the harvest that he wants to bring. God wants to move you into greater capacity in the kingdom of God. But what is it that's holding you back? What is the ceiling that you've placed in your life that keeps you bound up from going into the heights that God has prepared for you? I know that there are people in here that when God begins to move upon you, that you want to give it everything you got. But when it's all said and done, there's a, a desperation in your heart that says, I know that I'm not where I need to be with God. I know there's things in my life that aren't right. I know there's something there. And I don't want to go all like this, but I just can't seem to get the victory over this thing in my life. Well, I've got some good news for you today. Amen. Today, the Bible says, is the day of salvation. Today is a day of deliverance, and God is going to set somebody free in this house today. God is going to deliver somebody from those past mistakes and those things that bind you up to walk into the fullness that God has created you for today. I want you to turn to somebody right now. Look them in their bright, beautiful, blue, brown, green, gray eyes. Look them in. You're all looking at me. Look at somebody. Look at somebody, and I want you to tell them today is the day of deliverance. Today is the day of your deliverance. I want you to close your eyes. Close your eyes. and Just take a minute. Let God search your heart. Let him search your spirit. What is that thing inside of you that holds you back from what God's trying to do in your life that keeps you from progressing all the way into what God has designed you for? That past mistake, that failure, that sin that you can't seem to get rid of. That attitude in your heart. What is it? Most of us know. Most of us know if there's something there. But God, I pray, God, if we don't realize it, show it to us clearly. God, if there's anything in my heart, God, show me, Lord. Show me, God, if there's anything in me that's not of you, God. Hallelujah. God Almighty is going to do something in this building that can forever change you in this service. I want, you, I want you to understand that no matter what that struggle is, God, that thing that you struggle with more than anything in your life, maybe it's a, a, that, deep, that deep, dark secret that nobody else knows about but you and God. It may be that fail, failure that's marked your past and every time you try to rise above it, it's there to remind you that you failed and that you failed over and over maybe in that certain area. It may be some form of physical or sexual or emotional abuse that you've had to endure. And no matter how great the blessing of God is, there's still something inside of your spirit that can't seem to rise above it. It may be that mistake that you made that you can't escape. The shame of it may be some painful past event that stands in the way of the future God wants to give you. It may be some element of lost purity that you live with. The regret of it may be that temptation that has a death grip on your mind and on your spirit that you deal with day in and day out you may overcome it in a moment for a moment and then you find yourself wrapped back up in it what is that thing that you deal with that you struggle with i've got to say it again today is a day of deliverance praise god but your personal deliverance is going to depend upon what you're willing to do with that failure you've got today The failure, the mistake, the shame, the hurt that is there. But God's deliverance is here to set you free from that grip of that thing that has on you that binds you spiritually and it binds you emotionally and binds you mentally. God's going to set you free from it today. What you do with that thing is going to determine whether you go on to thrive in God's glory or you remain a hostage in the prisons of your past and your failures and your mistakes. The scripture that I read to you today shows David in a very similar situation that many of you are today with your past and your mistakes. The Bible tells us that this young man who's just been given the throne of Israel, he's entreating the Lord for Israel and how to move forward. David's been chosen to sit upon the throne of Israel because the man that preceded him, King Saul, is now dead. The Bible tells us that David now sits on the throne and David finds himself in the midst of a three-year famine and he inquires of God, why is this happening? And God tells him it's because of Saul and what he had done to the Gibeonites. David wants to know, what can I do to revive and make prosperous again the nation of Israel? What can I do to bring back a move of God into the kingdom? What is there that I can do to bring a mighty move of God back to this people? David saw their situation, and and you're going to have to understand what David faced. You've got to realize that the body of their former king, a man named Saul, no longer sits upon the throne, but now his remains litter a field instead. The story is the closing chapter in the life of Saul, and it reflects the terrible tragedy that lie at the end of Saul's downward path. And we see that the end of his story is tragic. The life of Saul has ended in such a tragic way. But it's important today that you know that the beginning of the story was not that way. The beginning of the life of Saul and his kingship was not that way. As we look back, you see that the beginning of Saul's reign looked so good. And it looked so promising. Saul had everything in the world going his way. Saul was not always the bone scattered on a battlefield where we find him today. But one day, Saul was a celebrated young man. The Bible tells us when Israel wanted a king, they chose Saul because Saul looked to be the perfect specimen for a king. The people said he's tall and he's good looking and he's strong. He was head and shoulders above every other man. This man looked like he would be the perfect leader. At the beginning of his life as king, the Bible said he was so tender before God that there was such a humility in him that he ran and he hid himself from all the people and their accolades of him. Israel thought, what more can you ask for in a leader? He's tall, he's good looking, he's strong, and he's humble. He will be a great king. And everything is going Saul's way. The humble beginnings of Saul would never allow pride to stand in the way and hinder the progress of Israel. He was young and he was tender towards God. And and surely he's going to lead this kingdom in the ways of righteousness and holiness when Israel chose a king, they chose Saul because they had high hopes and great dreams of what that nation is going to become through this man. They had great ideas of what this nation is going to be. And they looked at this man named Saul. and They said, this is the one sent from God for us. This is the one that's going to help us change our world. Saul was the hope of the future of Israel. The future never looked brighter than it did with such qualities and proper beginnings As Israel had the man named Saul. But in a short time. They realized things didn't turn out the way they had planned. I'm not exactly sure where it all started. Maybe it was that day in the valley of Elah. When the giant Goliath jumped out on the battlefield. That he roared. Is there a man in Israel that can fight me? Well of course there is. The people probably thought. Our king is Abel. We chose Saul. Big strong muscular Saul, who's head and shoulders above every other person in the kingdom. We chose him. Saul, that was above everybody else. And who better to fight a giant than another giant? We chose him because he is the one that is greatest among us. Saul, you have the ability. You have the potential. All you got to do is get up and get your armor on and get out there and destroy that giant. But the Bible said instead, this man that they had all these hopes for, this man that they had all these dreams for, he was quivering and he was hiding in his tent, trying to put his armor of battle on a child so that he did not have to bear the responsibility of standing up for what was right and standing up for his people and his God. And when he did that, the Bible tells us that David, that little young David went out on the battlefield, and he killed the giant. And I can just imagine what the people of Israel now thought about this one that they had put all their hope in. I'm sure that Israel became discouraged in this man named Saul. I'm sure that Saul became a discouragement to Israel because David's victory was Saul's defeat. And it's recorded in the Word of God that when the young maidens began to sing, they said things like, Saul has killed his thousands, but David his ten thousands. Saul became a discouragement to the people of Israel, but didn't stop there. As time went on a little further down the path of this man's life, there's another battle with the Philistines. And the Bible says that when the Israelites fought the Philistines, that God was with Israel, and the Philistines were beaten down so bad that they fled before the armies of Israel. And what should have been written down that day as an absolute and total victory for Israel was counted as a loss. Because this young man who used to be so tender before God, that used to be humble before his God, that was submitted to his God, now has pride that rises up in his heart. And he says, no man is going to eat anything until I'm avenged of my enemies. Not God's enemies, my enemies. This distressed Israel because the Bible said that God was allowing honey to drop out of the trees all around the army of Israel. God was taking care of them. God was providing their needs. The Bible said that if Saul had not stopped the people that day, they would have eaten the honey and they would have been so strong that they would have been able to destroy the Philistines forever and never had to deal with the enemy again. But instead, Saul wouldn't allow the men to eat the honey And be strengthened because of his own pride. And from then on, every time the men looked at this man named Saul, they were distressed and they were frustrated. They would say things like, I know what could have been that day. That day, I know what could have happened. I know the enemies we could have conquered. And I know the things we could have accomplished. And so when they look at Saul, not only is he a discouragement to them, but he also becomes a frustration. Saul, you had good beginnings Saul, you had a proper upbringing. You were the one, Saul, but the Bible said that all of a sudden from that day on, every time they looked at him, they saw frustration of what could have been. Saul left Israel not only in discouragement, but he left them frustrated. Towards the end of the path, when Saul should have led them in the ways of righteousness and holiness, the Bible tells us that Saul got so distraught in his spirit that Saul went to the witch of Endor. Now, you gotta understand that Israel is a very religious people. They're very connected to their God. And their God has told them many times, You will never go to another God or any other such spiritual thing. You only gonna serve me and me alone. They were devoted to their God and for their king, the one that was supposed to lead them in holiness, the one that was supposed to lead them in the ways of righteousness, when they saw their king inquiring of a witch. And something rose up inside the people, and it was one of the last things that Saul would put them through. The Bible says that when he went to the witch of Endor, it shamed Israel. It left Israel embarrassed. It was a reproach that their own king would stoop so low as to go to a witch instead of turning to God Almighty. And now Saul, the one that had all the proper beginnings, the one that had all the potential, every time Israel looked at him, they looked at him with disgust. They looked at him with frustration. They looked at him with shame and embarrassment because they knew what could have been. They knew what it was supposed to be. They would say, I know what was supposed to be. I know what was supposed to happen. And something rose up in the heart of those people. They had hoped for a leader to take them into greatness. So Israel cried out to God, give us a man. We want a king, right? That's what they did in the beginning. They said, we want a king because we need a king to lead us into the glory that you got for us. But when they got what they wanted, the Bible lets us know they walked away, we'll say, from a church service, if you please. And they said, I believe it's going to be better now. I believe I'm going to have more strength now. I believe I'm going to conquer the enemy now. But then they find themselves just a little bit down the path and all they have is discouragement. All they have is disgust. All they have is frustration. They've got the shame of knowing this is not what I intended it to be. This is not what I intended my life to be. Down and down and down we follow the path of Saul until finally they watch him self-destruct. And we see not only him but his sons also laying dead with him on a battlefield. The dreams and the glory of what could have been lays dead now. Their bodies were burned. Now before their eyes, the people knowing what could have been, but seeing how far they had fallen, it left them broken. And the Bible said, now there's nothing but bones. All of their hopes and dreams of what could have been are just bones on a battlefield. All that they hoped for and asked for is all now broken and lost. Everything that they asked God for last year or at that last service, that last prayer meeting are now carried away. The thing that they trusted God for last time when they came into a move of God. And the thing that they asked God to do for them in the last revival. Now there's nothing left but a pile of bones. It was the bones, the remains of their hopes and of their dreams. But all that's left now is bones. And David, David knew what Israel had hoped for in Israel. He knew the dreams and he knew the expectations that Israel had had for Saul. Saul. And when he heard the news that Saul had fallen dead on a battlefield, David, he rent his clothes and he said, The glory of Israel lies slain on the heights. How are the mighty fallen? How are the mighty fallen? And there's some of you in here today who have had moments when you had a hope of what could be with God. Where God came down and he touched you and he put a sliver of hope in your life. That life that you could possibly live alongside God was implanted into you. And you came into a service and you heard the word preached. You stepped into the presence of God and you heard his promises spoken over you. And you dared to hope. You dared to dream just maybe. Just maybe there's something better for me in this life than where I find myself right now. Just maybe there's something beyond this. And you began to dream of what could be instead of just what was. But then you left the service. And the world came after you. The enemy came after you. And you, you made some bad choices and you did some things. And you told yourself that now, now you can't reach to those heights. You can't do all that. You won't be able to be everything God's called you to be. You sit there knowing that I told God I was, I was going to quit certain things. I told God I'd be faithful to serving him and to living for him. I told God I would keep myself pure. I told God I would quit doing some things and start doing other things. But now the mighty hopes, the mighty dreams that you have had have fallen on the battlefield. And David, just as he cried, how are the mighty falling? How are your mighty hopes falling? I want you to know that today, just because you've fallen, you're not defeated. Amen. And it is God's will for you to walk away from here today with victory in every area of your life, over your past, over your present, and over your future. Amen. Hey, let me tell you something. It's a terrible thing to leave your dreams dead in the midst of a place like this today. It's a terrible thing for you to leave the hopes that God's placed in you dead because of something that's happened in your past. Some of you, this may be the first time you've ever been in a service like this. That's all right. God's going to move in your life too. God wants to do something in your life too. He brought you here with a plan and with a purpose. Some of you have saying, I've done this too many times. I've been here too many times. I've had too many altar calls in my life. I've made too many commitments to God. You listen to me. You listen to me today. It's a terrible thing to leave your dreams dead in the middle of a service like we're in today. In a place like this today. God has brought you here to set you free from your past mistakes. God has brought you here to set you free from those things that bind you up and keep you from going forward into the hopes and the dreams that God set before your life today. Your past doesn't dictate your future unless you let it. God wants to revive your dreams my God, the anointing of God that's in this place today. Have you felt the presence of God moving through here? That's not just something we're, we're just, God's here because he wants to do something in your life. We're not here just to get goosebumps with God. He wants to do something supernatural in your life. He wants to fulfill his will in your life today. My God. And it would be a shame to leave your dreams in a service like this. And That's not the intent of God. God wants somebody here to say, I might have stumbled before, but I don't have to live like this anymore. I may have fallen down, but I'm not leaving my bones on the battlefield to be burned today. God is going to raise the roof off of your potential if you let him. He's going to expand your capacity for his presence in your life if you let him. But that will only happen when you come face to face with what you've done and how you've fallen. David's standing here now, and he sees the people, and they're discouraged, and he sees their frustration, and he feels their shame. He knows that Israel is only a fragment of what they hope to be, and David now stands between the bones of frustration and failure and the future of his kingdom. David, how do you revive and make prosperous the people that are frustrated by the past? David, how do you revive and restore somebody whose dreams of what could have been? are shattered. What do you do, David? What do you do, New Life Church, when your dreams are shattered and your hopes are broken because of things that have happened in your life? What do you do when the promises that you made to God last week, last month, last year have not been kept? What do you do when what you wanted to be lies before you in the smoke of your failures? What do you do when your painful past stands in the way of the future that God has intended for you? What do you do? What do you do with the memories of other men's abuses on you? The memories that cause shame and guilt that holds your dreams of what could be smoldering in the failures of your past. An unwelcome intruder into every blessing God gives you. Because you can't be blessed when you're thinking about and being held back by what you did yesterday or last year or last last season. You can't rise above where you are if you're always looking at the mistakes that you've made in the past. You can't go to where God wants you to do if you're focused on that. I want to remind all you here today that long ago, David stood where you stand today. When the hope of what could have been lay burning in the frustration and discouragement of his past, when when what they desired for greatness is now nothing more than frustration. I said, David, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You're standing in the face of shattered dreams and dying hopes and spiritual frustration, and moral embarrassment and painful intimidation. The glory that you wanted is slaughtered in the midst of your past. The mighty hopes have fallen. David, what do you do? What do you do to bring revival to a people that are stranded, looking at the charred bones of what should have been? What are you going to do, David? You're the king now. What are you gonna do? Where are you? Where are you going? Because you see, David turn around and he starts walking away. He takes off, and I can almost see his face get determined. And he's like, "I got a mission. I gotta go." And they're like, You can't just go, David. David, how are you? How are you gonna go? How, how are you gonna help these people now? And David says, I've got some business to take care of, I've got something that I need to take care of. And the Bible said, when David looked for a way to revive the people of Israel, David didn't just run out and start dancing before God and worshiping, even though he was known to do that. He was known to do that very often. That's not what he did. He didn't just start worshiping his God. David didn't just run out there and start talking in tongues until the spirit of God moved upon him. He didn't just jump out in the aisle and shout. He didn't pray until he was sweating and sobbing. But David took off from the congregation of the people to do something. I want to tell you something. You've got to deal with the bones of your yesterday. You have got to deal with the bones of your yesterday because the discouragement that you deal with is going to be there when the shout's done until you deal with the bones of your yesterday. The frustration is going to be there when you come again into an apostolic service like this until you deal with the bones of your yesterday. You're still going to feel the intimidation after being blessed after the blessing of God subsided, you're going to still feel the shame and the guilt once the worship set is over, unless unless you bury the bones, unless you bury the bones and get them out of your life and don't let them have any influence over you. David, where are you going, David? The Bible said that David went to get the bones of Saul and his sons. David said, I'll tell you what I'm doing. <laughs> I can't live like this. I can't keep living like this. I can't live in this pew knowing that God wants to do for me in this service, knowing that God has got something so great in my life. I can't just live staying right here, just kind of letting everything go on around me. I got to take care of some stuff. I'll tell you what I'm doing. I can't sit through another Sunday service with that painful memory in my heart. I can't sit here for another day feeling like I'm a prisoner because of the mistakes that I made yesterday. You want to know what David did? The Bible said that David went and he took the bones of Saul. You want to know what David did with that? Because David said, I'm going to bury these bones. Because we cannot rise to our dreams if we're always looking at the bones of yesterday. I can't get what I want in this service if I can't arise above the mistakes that I made yesteryear. Hallelujah. I can't get what I need as long as I'm looking at the broken promises I made to God last week. David, it's time to bury the bones. David, it's time to bury the bones. It's time to bury the bones and move on. You've got to hear me. You've got to understand that it was only when David buried the bones. It was not until David took them bones and he said, I don't have to live like this. I'm not going to live like this. I'm not going to stay right here. I'm going to do something. And he buried those bones. And the Bible said that. That is when God was entreated for the land and healing came to the people of Israel. It was when David dealt with the bones of yesterday. It was only when David buried the bones that transformation took place. All those frustrated people, all those discouraged, embarrassed people. When David dealt with the bones of yesterday, transformation took place. When he laid the bones of yesterday's failures to rest and new life sprung up and God did something in his life that, that he couldn't even dream that God would do with him. You need to hear me today. Some of you in here, you've played with your bones too long You've allowed those bones to hang out in your life too long. It's not God's will for you to let those bones have any dominion over you. You've let the bones stand between you and what God wants to do with you for too long. You've let those bones, your failures, your mistakes, your broken promises, stand between you and what God has ordained for your life for too long. Why don't you take up the bones and bury them today? Why don't you take up those bones and bury them today? Let God do something with you and let God move you beyond those bones, hallelujah, and leave them in your past. Healing only came when they buried the bones. Revival only came when they buried the bones. If we're going to go forward, if you're going to go forward, you can't let your past hold you back. You can't let the mistake that you made last week, the promise that you made to God a month ago that you broke, the things that you've allowed in your life that you seem to keep struggling with, you can't allow those things to keep rising up in you. You've got to take those bones, and you've got to bury them and leave them where they're at so that you can go forward into what God has for your life and for this church and for your family and for this people. Revival only came when they buried the bones. Deliverance came only when they buried the bones. God's saying to you today, you can't do anything about yesterday now. You can't turn back the hands of time and fix anything that you did. But what you can do, and what you can do is you can get up. You can get up and you can go beyond the shame and the frustration and the guilt and the failure and bury those bones and leave them there. You've lived with it long enough. He sees where you've been. He sees what you've gone through. But more than that, he sees that you've gone as far as you're going to go until you get up and you bury the bones. You got to get up and you got to bury the bones and you got to go on. We may not be able to do anything about what's happened already. But what you need to do is get up and bury the bones and move on. Get up and leave that stuff behind you and move on and step into what God has for you. We all have mistakes. We've all fallen short of God. We've all let God down. But for those of us that are still thriving and walking into our divine destiny, somewhere along the line, somewhere we got ourselves together and we said I cannot, I cannot live For God staring over these bones in my life. I've got to bury those bones, the failures, the frustration, the shame of my past, and move into what God has for my future. My future blessing is not going to be held captive by my past mistakes. I don't care what your struggle is, I don't care what you've gone through. Somewhere you've got to realize you don't have to live in the shadows of your bones. It's not God's will for you to live in the shadows of your bones. you got to get out. you got to get out of that place. you got to get away from and let God deliver you. And God set you free. And God heal that thing in your life. If you're in this place today and there's still breath in your lungs, God wants to deliver you from your past today. You've looked too long on the bones of your failures. You've held on too long to the fragments of your hopes. It's time to bury the bones and get a new vision of what God is still able to do in your world to get a hold of the promises that God has for your world but that's only going to happen that's not going to happen if you're hanging on to those bones if you're always looking at the bones hell's favorite trick is to say yeah but you said that last service yeah But you made God a promise last time you were in his presence. The devil's going to point to the ashes of your broken promises and tell you there's no need. You failed last time. And you're going to fail this time. Don't try to draw close to God. You'll just fail again. Don't make a fool of yourself. Look how messed up. How you messed up. You have to understand that the devil's trying to steal your deliverance. The devil is trying to steal your deliverance. Don't let it happen. Don't let him have his way in your life. This is your day of visitation, amen. This is the day of victory. This is the day of deliverance. This is the day of salvation for you. Don't let the enemy take the hope that God has for you out of your hands and keep it bound up with his lies. It's time to bury the bones. He wants to bury you so deep in that field with your condemnation that you'll miss out on the deliverance that God wants to give you today. Today. The enemy doesn't want you to dream. He doesn't want you to get out of your seat and by faith worship God for deliverance today. Hell hopes you never find what's waiting at this altar of prayer for you today. Hell hopes you never overcome your past mistakes and shame. Amen. But by God, in the name of Jesus, I've got some news for hell today. There's some people that are coming out of their struggles today. There are some people in this place that are going to walk away from the bones of their past. And they're going to walk out of here set free. And they're going to leave those bones behind them. And they're going to walk into the plans that God has for their lives. If you'll just bury the bones, hell can't stop you. (laughs) I'm going to say that again. If you'll just bury the bones, hell can't stop you. If hell could stop you, Daniel would have never gotten out of that lion's den. If hell could stop you, those three Hebrew children would have never come out of that furnace. If hell could stop you, Job would have died in his trial. If hell could stop you, Israel would still be marching around the walls of Jericho. If hell could stop you, John could never say I was in the spirit on the Lord's day in a prison on an island, destitute, no hope, but I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Because hell can't stop a child of God who gets a hold of their God and lets the spirit lead them and guide them and set them free from the things of their past and walks into the victory that God's promised for each of us today. And not just today, but tomorrow and the next day, God willing, as long as He gives you breath in your life. Hallelujah, you can walk in that victory. It's not God's will for you to be bound up in those mistakes you've made. If hell could stop you, you'd still be under a pile of bones, but hell can't stop you if you make up your mind to bury the bones. You need to get a spirit in you that says, I can't do anything about the past. I can't change what I've done already. There's nothing I can do about that. There's nothing I can do. But right now, right now I can bury the bones and I can start again. Right now, I can let go of that past mistake and those things that the enemy uses to keep me bound up and keep me bound under a ceiling of what God really wants to do in my life. I can bury those bones and I can walk out of here and say, God, thank you for mercy and thank you for grace, God. And I'm going to walk in the deliverance that you paid for me on the cross of Calvary, God. Hallelujah. And I'm going to walk into what you've got for my life. There's some people in here today that are going to snatch the bones out of the enemy's hands, and we're going to bury those bones in this place, and we're going to leave them here, and you're going to walk out of here, and you're not taking those bones with you today. They're not going to have any influence over you anymore because you're going to bury them. Hallelujah. God wants to set you free from every hindrance of what the enemy uses against you in your mind and in your spirit that causes you to be bound up, that causes you to look at your dreams and say, I can't do that. I failed too many times. I failed. God doesn't care. God's here to set you free from that. He is your strength. He is your provider. He is more than able. My God, he wants you to walk in victory. Music, I'm about done. One of the only things standing between you and what you want to be in God is learning how to bury the bones of your past. And once you bury them, you just got to leave them alone. You can't go back and dig them up. You got to leave them there. You're going to bury. Some of you guys are going to bury bones today. And you're going to bury them down on the ground. And you're going to walk out of this place. And you're never going to look back at that spot one more time. You're going to leave them right where they're at. And you're going to walk into what God's ordained for your life. It might surprise you to know that the man standing here in this pulpit preaching to you today, some of you, if you knew my past, you'd be like, there's no way that dude should be up there preaching to us right now. I grew up in a broken home. I did a lot of bad things in this life. I've made lots of mistakes. I hurt a lot of people. But the mercy of God reached into my life one day. He said, that's not who I created you to be. You just got off the path a little bit. You've been listening to the wrong voices. I got something better for you. Let me give you a little bit of hope. Let me show you some things. I got something for your life if you'll just get on board with me. Don't let that past define who you are. And I remember the day I was at the other church building. And I remember the day sitting there before God on my knees, bawling, crying, and I crucified that old man. I killed that dude. I put him under the blood of Jesus Christ, and I buried him in the ground, and I said, God, I'll do everything you ask of me. I'm going to do my best, God. God, if you tell me to go, I'll go. If you tell me to stop, I'll stop. Whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to do my best, and I'll tell you what, I made some mistakes after that. I made some bad mistakes. And it would have been very easy for me to allow the enemy to convince me that, yeah, that's just who you are. You haven't changed. You're still that same person doing some of that same stuff. But I stood there and I was like, no way. I didn't, this is early in church, man. I, I didn't I only knew so much. I didn't know a ton. But I knew my God. He'd watched over me all those years of craziness and he didn't bring me here for nothing. And I, I just realized and I just had in my spirit. God, you got a plan for my life. I don't know what it's gonna look like. And I know I messed up, God. I mean, that was more than once I sat on my knees bawling and crying before God, saying, Lord, I'm sorry. I don't want to do that stuff anymore. I that's not who I am. And every time, yeah, God would meet me right there, and he'd say, all right, these bones, we're pushing them away. We're going to bury them. We're leaving them here, young man, because I got something for your life. I created you with a purpose. You might not have followed it, but here you are. And I see your heart. And I know, God, you're not going to allow those bones to dictate your future. You're not going to allow this mistake to keep you bound up from going into what God has for you. And every time I was like, okay, God, I'm leaving it alone. Now, we can't take that and abuse it because God's mercy and his grace is new every day. We can't use that to just as a free will to sin. That's not what it's for. No, it's for me to get right in that moment because God's mercy's there and I'm not getting called into judgment in that moment. I can look back and there's so many things that when I think about them, I remember. I don't remember the effects of the bones, but I remember where I buried them. And I don't go back and dig them up, but I can remember those moments where I met God in an altar of repentance and I said, God, here I am. Here I am, Lord. I messed up again. And God's mercy reached in and he said, Here, take those bones. We're gonna bury them. And we're gonna move on. Come on, young man, get up. We're going on. But first I had to bury the bones. I didn't quit when the bones started smoking. I just said, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. I've got to bury the bones. I've got to bury the bones. Keep staying with me. God's trying to reach for somebody's heart right now. You've made a mistake you can't erase. You've got some broken promises. The enemy has locked up some of your promises and failure and guilt, but God, But God, hey, don't be talking. and Don't be looking around. God wants to do something in your life. God wants to do a miracle in your life in this place today. Some of you got mistakes in your life that you can't seem to erase from your mind and from your past. And now God's standing here. And you've got yourself all tied up under the shallow roof of what you've done and God wants to expand your capacity today. The Bible says that David sinned with Bathsheba. The products of that sin was a dying baby in the king's palace. So what are you going to do, David? Uh, Here you are again. David, what are you going to do? Broken dreams, broken hopes. David got down in the ashes. And he covered himself with sackcloth, the Bible says, in repentance, and he began to cry out to God and ask God for mercy and ask God for grace, not just for himself but for that baby. God have mercy, God have grace. And he did that, and he didn't stop until finally somebody came to David and said, David, the child's dead. And David, he's laying there underneath a low ceiling of disappointment, of regret and shame under a roof of discouragement and depression until somebody came and said, David, the child's dead. And when David, and then we see David, he crawled out from underneath the sackcloth, and he stood upright. And he went from that place of regret and failure, and he moved on because David understood. Yes, I made some mistakes. Yes, I've done some stupid things. I failed miserably. But he also knew that he could not live like that forever. He knew I can't do anything about it now but bury the bones and go on. But if you notice that when the child died, the the Bible says that he took off the sackcloth and he got up and he went and he worshiped his God. He cleaned himself from that mistake and he walked away and he moved on to what God had for his life he didn't allow that place to keep him bound up he knew that he couldn't live there anymore today is the day of deliverance there's people in here I'll guarantee that have things in their life that they've made some mistakes that the enemy brings back it could have been yesterday it could have been this morning Could have been a promise you made last week, five years ago. That secret sin that you deal with over and over that you can't seem to overcome. God wants to deliver you from that today. The shame and guilt from all your past mistakes and your hurts and your failures. God wants to set you free from that today. But the only question is, are you going to be willing to come and bury the bones today? Are you going to be willing to come before God and say, I'm leaving that behind?